0: Welcome
1: to the Between Sundays podcast from Four Corners Community Church in Darien, Illinois. Four Corners exist to help people find and follow Jesus, and we envision a church of everyday missionaries living with gospel intentionality wherever we live, work, and play. All right, and welcome back to another installment of our Between Sundays podcast. It's Janet, me, and Michael today, and um, we Yes. Are excited to be here, so we are pumped up and revved up. Uh, Ooh, pumped and revved. Both of Whoa. those things. So I think we're excited because uh, the series on judges is getting increasingly darker, and uh, so we have to counter that. With yeah, fake happiness. Oh, yeah, yeah. fake happiness. Mine is real. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, last week was was a hard one. We looked at the story of Jephthah, uh, and ultimately sacrificing his own daughter because of a dumb vow that he made that he was never meant to make um we should call him jeff because that's a hard name to pronounce jeff we we can call, call him jeff, jeff. might confuse people on the podcast but i, think... I don't think so right, well, i think they would be on board with it we're going with jeff <laughs> okay thank you here out. Um, but yeah i think with you know with Jetha and as i'm sorry
2: i should have said jeff (laughs) it's It's gonna be hard for me as you look at him though um it's okay you're the bible teacher so you can say the real words and the rest of us will just kind of use our there you go layman's terms yeah
1: um i think we see a blending of uh kind of religion and culture of the day and so he what led to that vow was clearly he didn't have a, a a clear view of who God was or he would never make that vow in the first place. And so um, one of the points that I tried to draw out uh, in the sermon was that we do this too, all the time. Um, We fall into taking cultural beliefs, um, whether they're beliefs about God or just kind of freedom or happiness or whatever. And what we tend to do is try to kind of blend it into our own faith of Christianity. And so we make these kind of like, non-pure forms of, of faith all the time. And it leads us often to maybe not sacrificing our daughter, um, per se, but leads us to making dumb vows, dumb decisions, dumb things like that. And so, um, maybe we could start by just talking about what are some cultural beliefs that are out there today that you think sort of sometimes are popular kind of Christian trends to grab onto and try to like
2: blend it in some way. Well, maybe if for, like, people who weren't here on Sunday, can you explain a little bit more of the background of, like, what vow he made?
1: Yeah, so, um, Jeff, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's going to hard not uh, to say so that. I, I just have a hard time saying Jeff. Anyway, Jeff uh, uh, makes a vow, um, essentially, that if God would get, grant him victory um, against his enemies, that uh, he would sacrifice the first person or thing that came to greet him uh when he returned home from battle and so he returns home and uh it's i'm sure he was probably thinking it was going to be a servant or someone like that
0: a chicken or a...
1: yeah <laughs> and it says uh but his daughter comes out to greet him and he tears his clothes um, he's visibly upset um because he wasn't expecting that and so
0: and it was his only child
1: It was his only child. Yeah. And, uh, and he carries it out. He gives her two, she asked for, I think, what is it? Two Two months months to kind of go and mourn her virginity, which um, I mentioned was kind of mourning her future and thinking about she'd never have a family and never have, you know, be able to get married and things like that. And so, um, and yet she comes back and some people debate whether he actually, you know, went through with it or whether her mourning her virginity was more of the fact that like she was going to be dedicated to kind of temple service and would never you know you know in that sense be a virgin the rest of her life life. yeah exactly um but he makes a vow his original vow is a is a burnt sacrifice and so um I think the context is pretty clear that he ends up going through with it. And so it is this just horrible story. Um, and yet uh, God never asked him to make that vow. I think that's first that we need to realize. Um, and he shouldn't have, gone through with it after those I can't imagine like the two months of my daughter being off my only daughter and then not coming to my senses of like coming back in this odd way he's like this great man of integrity like Mm -hmm. he won't go back on this vow that he made to God like he's gonna go through with it and so the question is what what creates a person like that um clearly he had a misconception of of God's grace and who God is that he felt like he had to earn it in some way um, and so there was, there was this blending of like works righteousness. Like somehow I need to, to do my part or some part of this and honor
2: kind of this vow that I made. And so and he made an, un, and it's an unnecessary vow because he was, he was trying to get what God already wanted God to already give. Was given, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he already promised he wanted to take care of the Israelites and he wants to deliver the Israelites and he wants to be the God of the Israelites. And so, I mean... Yeah. That's, that's like you said, like me just walking around saying, God, if, if you promise to save me, I'll give you something. God's not asking me to promise to give anything in return other than just to follow him and to love him. I don't need to make a vow to get something that he already wants to give. But yet
1: I think we feel that all right. the time because mm-hmm. we live in this culture that says you earn it, right? You, you know, If you're going to get somewhere, you've got to put in the work to do it. And so
2: that creeps into our faith all the time. Um, Janet's got so much good stuff I can see just by the way that her lips are quivering she's ready to go
0: I just am thinking that like it's easy to get wrapped up in that um, and confused by it because I'm thinking like okay he made a vow but then you know he's thinking probably like God delivered victory because I made this vow mm-hmm. even though um God never asked him to make that vow and God was going to do it anyway um, and that's why he carried through with it Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's easy for us again in our humanness to think to do that in our own lives not in like such a tragic way necessarily but to think that like oh i did this and so god did this and relate it back to something that we did when really god is god and you know he was going to do it anyway Mm -hmm. does that make sense
1: absolutely like
0: we see things that we think are correlated um between what we did or what somebody else did or what we sacrificed and then we got when God doesn't change, Mm -hmm. you know, like his, he's faithful, he's steadfast, he's constant. So the whims that we go on and work on or don't affect the way he acts. But I think that because we're human, that we put those things together. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, God's asking those people, you be my people and I'll be your God. Mm-hmm. Not add all this extra stuff to it. That's it's the only
1: deal or negotiation <laughs> that there is. Right. You know, the covenant says, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. Um, not if you do these things, then I will do these things. Right. Um, and that's where he kind of went off. And and it comes from, you know, the the pagan culture of that day. I mean, child sacrifice was part of the belief system that if we offer the greatest thing that we can offer, then surely this God is going to bless me. And we tend to think that, like, we may not make these, like, actual promises and vows, but we tend to think all the time, if I'm just a better person, then God is going to bless my life. Mm-hmm. Or if I just change this behavior in my life, well, then my life's going to be easier because God is going to bless it. You know, right. I get caught up in this even, you know, and I know better. And and even, like, going on a preaching on a Sunday morning, like, I will often think, oh you know, or I can easily fall into this. It's not often I think this, but if I had a great week of like sermon prep and like, then I think like, oh, Sunday's going to be outstanding, you know, or if I didn't and I feel like I'm scrambling, then you tend to think like, oh, Sunday's not going to be outstanding, you know, as if it really depends all on me um, as opposed to the spirit working how the spirit's going to work. Does that that make sense? So we we do it all the time in every aspect
2: of life. Um, And we do it in a a flipped way too. We look at some of the things that go wrong, how we see our life, they go wrong. Our perspective, they go wrong. And we flip that and assume it's gone wrong because of something we've done. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. God is punishing me for something that I've done in the past, Mm -hmm. Um, which is I think just kind of the... The flip, the flip of it of yeah. of that so either we are trying to to get something good and we think we're earning something good or we think that our actions have deserved some sort of punishment or something bad from god and both of those just like with jeff <laughs> uh, both of those show a total lack of understanding of who god is mm-hmm. and how god says he wants to interact with you and how god says he loves you and how god says he's correcting you all of those show a lack of understanding for the character and the essence and the nature of God. And they also show a misunderstanding of your relationship in the whole equation. Like God isn't creating this equation of bargains back mm-hmm. and forth all of the time. Um, but it's so much an aspect of, of our heart condition um, of wanting to take some of that power, having pride and being some sort of God figure or King figure in our own life that we want to feel like, God, I'm on the same level as you. Mm-hmm. That even if you wanted to, I have the power to bargain with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a person. I don't have that ability mm-hmm. to, to bargain with God. God sets the terms, right. and, and I follow the terms, or I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much grace, even in those Old Testament terms of, okay, you're my people, and I'm your God. Um, and there's so much grace that comes from Jesus um, I will take all of this on myself and you get everything that I am. Great. Awesome. But like you said, we still wake up, probably all of us, almost every single day and in some way try and earn something mm-hmm. or fight through the feeling that you know we're experiencing something because we didn't earn it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it's a killer for our own hearts and it's a killer for our witness too because when we live lives like that, the people who don't know Jesus who are watching us are thinking, well, the way that I get to Jesus is, how those other people who say they follow jesus get to him by earning it mm-hmm. and that's that's a killer you're not you're not awaking people to the rule and the rain mm-hmm. the the easy yoke of jesus by putting that burden on burden people's on. shoulders
0: yeah i think it's just such a different relationship like you know the relationship god has with us um that we naturally try to put it in terms of something that we can actually understand and comprehend because that love and that grace is so huge it's really hard to wrap your mind around if not almost impossible that Mm. type of love and so we try to put it in terms of relationships that we've had where there is punishment and there are um you know things that you can do or think you can do to gain love or um you know you do something wrong and people leave and you have to earn uh you know so i think that's been a real struggle of mine. Is just seeing this relationship as what it is. Yeah. It's n- unlike anything that we have, um, and it is. It's un- it's almost incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, and even like the, the closest thing I can like put into terms that I can understand is like the relationship I have with my kids, um, because there's such an unconditional love that comes with that. But mm-hmm. there's still all those human things that get piled on that, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I wonder if God ever thinks like Janet is so annoying. That would be no. <laughs> They're just looking at me. I just, I just thought it was a rhetorical, no. I
2: <laughs> Obvious no. But. No,
0: right. Obviously God wouldn't think right. that of me, but um <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we do that all the time. Like and if you look at the story of Jeff, uh like if I if I look at his doubling down on Mm -hmm. his awful decision it's what we all do right um like if you just think about it through okay i make a bargain with god i say if you will just remove this cancer i will x Mm -hmm. or if you just bring my child back to the faith i will y or if you just give me that promotion that i've been dying for i will Mm -hmm. xyz you -hmm. know um and so many of those times even when god is gracious we may end up getting the thing that we wanted and for one reason or another, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean God is necessarily answering or engaging in our bargain. But in God's grace, He determines to give us to give that to us. We will then continue to move forward with it. Right. Like, oh yes, that worked. So I will. I'll now give you. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Any more sense than it makes for Jephthah to be like, I made an awful bargain that was unnecessary, and now I assume God really wants me to follow through on right. this. Right. Like, you know, God's up there like okay, I didn't ask for this. Right. I clearly don't want this. Mm-hmm. Child sacrifice isn't who I am or what I'm about.
1: Not, not only that, but it's condemned in Deuteronomy. So it's it's in the commandments not to do this. Right. Um, and so he clearly didn't know the word of God.
2: Right. Um, but some aspect of integrity in his mind thinks, I need to follow through with this to mm-hmm. be a man of God. Right. Yeah. Which... We do. When we make these bargains, when we have these thought processes, when we have this heart condition, we feel like we need to continue going on with this earning and this bargaining that that was the whole point of what Jesus did was to break the need to think that way, feel that way, live that way. We're freed from the bondage of living with that right. that pagan kind of heart condition. Like God wants something more for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yoke is easy and the burden is light. It isn't this garbage bargaining like Jeff does or like we so often do in our own lives.
1: And when the Lord is disciplining us or because of sin or, or whatnot in our life, it's not a bargaining like, take this pain out of my life and I will do X, Y, and Z. He's not out after that. He's out after a restored relationship with mm-hmm, him. Right. So it's not about like, I'm going to modify your behavior and that's why I'm disciplining you. It's more about, I am restoring us to a right relationship and so that you can act the way you should out of um, a relationship with me right. and out of like your joy in who I am and not necessarily because you just want this pain out of your life. Yeah. And so discipline is always meant to restore relationship. It's yeah. always meant to bring us back to him, to repent and turn from our ways so that we can turn back yeah. to him, not just so that
2: we can modify behavior. That's not the point. Of yeah, it. When you act like this and you think like this, you fall away from me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, Bringing a consequence to this behavior, like you said, so that the thing that is keeping you from me, we can remove from the equation. You can be yeah, back in relationship yeah, with me yeah. again. That's love. That's mm-hmm. not, yeah. well, you followed through with your end, so I'm going to follow through on my end. That shows that even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. Like we talked about in the last podcast, he's still faithful to continue to love us. And that's awesome. There's no guilt in that. There shouldn't be guilt and conviction when we feel convicted about that kind of stuff, about correction and consequence and discipline by the Holy Spirit. We should see love mm-hmm. in that. We shouldn't see guilt and condemnation coming from Jesus, because, like you said, that is not the point or the purpose. Yeah.
1: Well, next week we're gonna um, get to Samson, and he is uh, super buff. <laughs> he he's
2: he's got his own issues he's like for Fabio. sure. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, uh, when we say Samson, who do you see in your head? Fabio. <laughs> Fabio, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he may from the outside look like he's all that, but he's got his own issues for sure. Um, but what, what's interesting about this whole trajectory of judges is it's narrowing, right? The oppression the is getting worse um, from not only outside, but now it's even their own people oppressing each other and making poor decisions and things like that. Um, but the pressure's getting longer. Um, the... The periods of peace after the judges are raised up are are shortening and also um, in the process of deliverance you have from early on in the book you have like the whole nation participating and then it's only a few tribes and then it narrows down to Samson as being the last judge Um, he's alone in this whole thing and so it's just him who God is using to deliver his people um, from the Philistines so he's an interesting case but he kind of he his life really does point to our need for an alter ultimate deliverer who ultimately is gonna be Jesus, um, in the end, who's gonna come by himself and take and do all the work um to save us. And so it's a pretty cool um picture. But as you look at Samson's life, he has all these flaws and one of his major ones is he just is self interested and has no self control. (laughs) Like when especially when it comes to women in general. Um and so this guy's really self-absorbed. And um, it just made me kind of think about, like, um, I think in our own society, I think if we had to, like, name the claim of, like, sin in America, it is we are self-absorbed as mm-hmm. a culture a little bit and self-interested. And so and, – and it's gotten to the point where, like, we almost, we almost lift it up as a good thing. Like, um, we start kind of believing – You know, well, if it's good for you, then it must be good, you know, or if if you think it feels right, then it must be okay, because it's all about kind of glorifying self and fulfilling each other. And so um, that leads us to all sorts of destructive ways, obviously. But um, I don't know. I think we all as humans wrestle with selfishness in general, Um, but. I think some people really act on impulse more and you see that in Samson a lot. And I just thought maybe we could chat a little bit about your own life and if there's areas where you relate to Samson and maybe it's not the womanizing thing. but um, Speak for yourself, But this idea idea of acting out in impulse, I know um, you've
2: never wanted to just like tie foxtails together and, <laughs> and I do just let them loose. I do like let them, them loose apart. with a torch in there. Oh, and that's I, so sad. I do like ripping apart lions
1: and <laughs> doing things like that. Taking jaw bones. on the, the weekend. Yeah. Just Saturday, Saturday a activities, hobby, you
0: yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Got to get away from the kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, but do you find self-control to be an issue in our society? Do you find it an issue in your own life? Um, uh, is that something you guys deal with or do you feel like you do pretty good at that?
0: I'm terrible at self-control.
1: When, when it comes to what, shopping, podcasting, Anything. podcasting?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's an it's, it's, uh, ongoing issue of acting on impulse and uh, struggling with self-control. I should probably like fast or something. By the thought of not eating. <laughs> like, that would require too much control. Right, right, Which I don't have any. It's just, it's always been like, uh, you know, whether it was alcohol or drugs and addiction and, you know, spending. Like, mm. I, I don't tend to think things through before I do them. I'm very reactive and very impulsive. But, um, and just in general, like, I have trouble. Sometimes I don't choose my words before I say them. Mm. Um there's just all these different areas in my life that have always, and it's gone from one thing to another. And like some extremes like, you know, alcohol and drugs, you know, that has been, I've been relieved of that, but mm-hmm. it then it went to spending um, or, you know, even eating or uh, just being careful about what I say or what I do. And uh, there's just different areas it goes into. So I would say it's something that permeates every area of my life.
1: So let me ask you this. What, yeah. what would you say has helped you gain victory in, cause you even mentioned like, I don't necessarily deal or struggle at this point with alcohol, drugs and all right. this kind of stuff. That's kind of, God has redeemed me from For that, sure. or that sort of thing. What has led you? So maybe I just answered it <laughs> a little bit, but um, I think it's important to realize, like the answer of getting more self-control is not just being more self-disciplined. For sure. Like the answer is not inside of us.
0: No, I think it was, especially with the alcohol and the drugs, because I feel like that has been something, you know, that I have been redeemed from, um, is that I got to a point of like complete despair where I gave it completely God, Mm -hmm. um, and still do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that was such a huge glaring, um, you know, it wasn't socially acceptable the way i was acting the things i was doing my life was really unbearable um it, it just brought me to my knees mm. where i was just willing to give complete control and it was out of desperation mm. um and uh and i really felt god's presence in those moments mm. um but then when you get onto things like spending or um those are more socially acceptable and so I think that although those have caused, you know, they can cause issues with my husband, you know, because um, it's just the impulse and not understanding why there's that impulse there. I think that part of it is that I just really haven't let it go and given it to God and um, continually ask that God will help remove this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you get to the fruit and root you know what is it inside of me that I'm not believing about God that you know is it that I'm trying to fill something it's this is really a deep look at Janet's soul <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there is something that there I, that I feel like I'm filling by these impulses that it's that I don't believe whether my worth is in Jesus or that you know God is in control um, I can say that intellectually but mm-hmm. is it what am I not feeling in my heart that continues to have me do these things even though they cause me discomfort or conflict um so something to look at I guess (laughs) no Um, but I
1: love I love the fact that because the answer does come back to um to you know surrendering our lives to God and realizing who is he and what has he done and what is leading me to these things, if right. that makes sense. Why am I craving these things instead of craving, you know, God? That's the essence of, it's funny that you bring up fasting. The essence of fasting is has I taken, you know, a blessing of God? Because no one would say that material things are evil in and of themselves, right? So even like the impulse to, you know, to have things or to shop like no one would say the thing is wrong it, it's wrong when you make the thing your idol you right. know? or you think that you're finding fulfillment from this thing as opposed from god and so um that's the idea of fasting is really taking the blessings of god and realizing like wait i'm craving these things more than i'm craving god and so my priorities are out of whack and so i'm going to to set these things aside and when i crave them i'm going to turn to god instead and and realize he's the giver of all gifts he's the one who has given us that so fasting is a great discipline for for growing our self um self-control and self-discipline in our life because it's really more about god control and god discipline like you're you're just teaching yourself to turn to him as opposed to turning to these other things so it's really good
0: i think too part of what why I've had been redeemed from some of these things is that, you know, everybody knows like you shouldn't be a drug addict or an alcoholic, but I think that, um, partly on my, what's the word I'm looking for? My path in learning more about Jesus or about the gospel is realizing how sinful, um, some of these things are because some things are socially acceptable and, um, you know, Sometimes in our culture, having lots of things or having lots of opinions and being, you know, driven by emotions are actually things that are praised. But, you know, these are things for me that as I've grown, I've discovered are sinful. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And that's the thing about idolatry. Like a lot of us, we just don't realize the idols in our life. Like going back to Jetha, like he didn't realize that child sacrifice was wrong mm-hmm. or that like his false belief in his idols of his day have led him to that decision or anything like that. And sometimes we read these stories and judges and we're like, oh, they're so archaic, like this society is not sophisticated, mm-hmm. like we would never do anything like that. And yet we do things all the times. So we just serve different idols. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you can point to a lot of things. Um, we may not sacrifice our children, but abortion is rampant in our country and it's justified in many ways based off of you know arguments like well it's it's my right as a person or i'm in some way we elevate our own kind of decision over different things and so that's a that's there's a belief system out in our culture that we sort of sometimes can grab onto without being really reflective upon mm-hmm one way or the other I'm not trying to like bring up you know hard topics or things like that here but I'm just saying like this matters and it matters in our day and we can't look at like the Bible and say oh how could they and not be reflective on our own society and say well wait a second maybe we do some things that maybe they're cleaner um, in or we don't see them they're not as overt but we certainly allow things to happen and participate in things and even justify things um, all the time yeah
2: I think that's where the self-focus kind of overlaps with Samson's self-control problems is because he was so focused on himself that you don't get a huge, uh, you don't get a huge vibe when you're reading through Samson's story that any of the quote unquote jacked up things that he does, that he's thinking about God at all Mm. in any of them really. Like it's usually in some sort of payback or in the middle of an emotional huff or -hmm. something else, um, And that's because he's focused on his image and his desires and his wants. He's not focused on how God is wanting him to accomplish something. And um, I know that I very much get caught up in that pattern uh, in my own life. My idols aren't necessarily, you know, like you talked about before. It's not like a a golden calf or Mm -hmm. uh, a physical thing that I'm standing before bowing and worshiping or whatever. We but see your golden ephod 5 yeah, right, you're wearing, right. Michael. <laughs> you can say it all go. you want. But, uh. All right. I love this ephod. It's very breathable. So, it's very breathable. Um, but, I mean, if, if you look at what you do with your life, you can see what you're serving. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that, uh, especially once you get into the New Testament, that Paul and Jesus talks about, like, am I hospitable? If I'm not hospitable, then who's really my idol? Mm-hmm. I think I'm more important than other people. Um, if I don't open my home to others, maybe my home or my quiet time, my space to myself, I'm the king of my castle. Maybe that is my idol instead of letting, letting other people in. If I look at my finances, like how much of it is going to others, how much of it isn't spent just on myself, um, then maybe finances or entertainment or material pleasures are an idol. Um, if I'm willing to gossip about other people, then maybe my own, uh, Pride, my own perception of how I look in the eyes of others, and making other people look bad so I look good. Maybe that's an idol. Maybe my uh, opinion of myself is an idol, or my uh, reputation is an idol. I mean, so many of the the ways that we either have fruit of the spirit, or uh, so many of the the behaviors or way that ways that we love each other and interact as human beings that Jesus calls us to, that God calls us to, that people like Paul and others call us to. Those kinds of things show what our idols are. Like. Hearts that are following after Jesus, that aren't self-focused, that are focused on becoming who God wants them to become, these are the kinds of things that you say, these are the kinds of things that you do as a natural outpouring of having a changed heart uh, before God. Samson's a great example of, for a majority of his story, he doesn't have any of that kind of changed heart. He's focused on himself. He isn't focused on surrendering who he is and his heart to God Mm -hmm. and God's purposes for him as a judge. So, like, biblically speaking, when you're talking about heart change, you're talking about when God is changing my heart, he's bringing into conformity with himself uh, my feelings Mm -hmm. and my thoughts Mm -hmm. and my desires and my actions. It's not just, like, saying, yes, God, I follow you. It's that, like, that all these aspects of my humanity are being changed to become more like like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you look at a story like Samson, he's not really interested in any of those things. He's interested in dropping that. jawbone Jawbone. on as many people as he can and he's interested in satisfying his desires i'm just gonna go sleep around i'm just gonna go light things on fire with foxes i'm just gonna go kill a bunch of people because how i've been treated or Mm -hmm. whatever um and we do we do that in small ways with how we manage our life how we manage our time how Mm -hmm. we manage our treasure so we are Mm -hmm. we're very much just like samson and all these other judges
1: and yet the beautiful thing that we see kind of a hint at is there's grace and there's hope uh, even in the middle of Samson's story that despite his selfishness and, un, you know, all that stuff, God allows his hair to grow back, you know, <laughs> like God uses him in the end. And it's just this beautiful picture of like, yeah, I mean, he was messed up in every way and, um, and yet God in the end still use him. Um, and so there's this beautiful picture of like, God can still, despite our sin, despite our unfaithfulness, use us um, because ultimately what Jesus has done, he's made a way, um, a way of grace. So um, that's a really cool kind of image. I like that yeah. and that, you know, it could have ended and he's in chains and just dies mm-hmm. and, yet, and yet his hair grows back and
2: God uses him in the end. And so um, it's exciting to be a follower of Jesus and to know we have oh. that same Accessibility and grace. Yep. To where even when I fail, I mean, God's just so excited and waiting for you to be like, yep. okay, yeah, I allowed this to happen and I'm allowing these consequences or whatever to happen in your life so that you'll hopefully look back on what matters. Mm-hmm. Turn away from that thing that I never meant to satisfy you. Turn back towards me and be satisfied in ways that you can't ever mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. Um, be who I made you to be. Uh, by having a right relationship with me that is awesome it's such an amazing privilege and i think we would walk around most days being a heck of a lot more grateful for our lives Mm -hmm. recognizing that we have a privilege that so many people don't Mm -hmm. because of something that jesus did for us that we don't have to do now Mm -hmm. um is is awesome it's beautiful Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well we're gonna end on that thought because that's a good thought to end on yeah um (laughs) If you have, you don't
2: a, want to talk about any of the ending of <laughs> Judges, huh? <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> you don't want to go yeah. after Samson. Yeah. the next
1: <laughs> the next few chapters of Judges get even darker and so darker. Should I bring my kids to yeah. that
2: final message, Dave? I just uh, wanted to know.
1: No. So if you have kiddos, uh, let me tell you, we have a great children's ministry <laughs> who would be happy to have them that Sunday. So every Sunday, every Sunday, yeah. But especially
0: um, the Sundays that we. Uh, yeah highlight raping and pillaging yeah
1: the the end um yeah,
2: that last week's just gonna be like hbo right yeah a okay. little bit so, <laughs> so uh, yeah
1: it does the the book of judges ends there's a statement at the very the very last verse of judges says in those days there was no king in israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes and it just it ends very dark and they're full of sin, but it it leads you to this: we need a new king, we need a we need a new savior, we need someone better than Samson um, to come and deliver us, because our issue is not the Philistines; our issue is our own sin, and we can't do a flood. We already did that one. Yeah, so yep. <laughs> we find another I promise one. that wasn't going up again. Yeah, so. Um, so anyway, if you have any thoughts, we would love to hear them. If you have any questions, love to hear them. Um, any ideas for future podcasts, we'd love to hear those as well. So you can always text us, 630-489-3233, um, or you can always shoot us an email. Uh, you can go to our website to uh, find that. So thanks again. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks.
0: Peace out.
2: Peace out.
0: This has been an episode of the
1: Between Sundays podcast from Four Corners Community Church. For more information on our faith family, you can follow us on Facebook or visit us on the web at fccc.church.